I'm just going to have another one of these just to get me nicely warm. Lovely. Thank you so much. I need to have another sip. Yeah, lovely. Welcome along to the global. Oh, he's, he's opening in the wine. It's going to be a good episode, I sense. Welcome to. Is it episode three now? Uh, we are at our episode three level. This is super exciting of the Global Leadership Podcast. I'm Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley. And this week we are asking you one simple question. What's your campaign? We should work in radio. It is so seamless, our conversation. It's slick. Yeah. Um, and I guess um, we, we this, this week's topic was concluded as a result of a walk up the Danube. That isn't um, a metaphor, by the way. We were genuinely going for a walk up the Danube. You join us once again this week in Budapest because we're recording this one. You can knock the lamp, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you, we, um, we're in Budapest for a second episode because we're recording next week's episode today so that next week we can have a break from, from looking at each other's faces. Where are you going for your break, Ant? The Lake District. So as people listen to this podcast, if they're re- uh, listening to it on release day, I'll be travelling home from the Lake District. And you're going with family, friends? Yeah, I am going with uh, the wife, three of the children and my sister-in-law. Um, so it is going to be a um, winter uh, kind of, uh, I think, commencement, because looking at the temperatures next week, it's getting quite cool. Clocks go back, of course or have gone back, as they now listen to this podcast, last week. So inevitably we'll be tearing our hair out because the baby will be waking up still at the uh, old six o'clock, which will be the new five o'clock. Happy days. What about you? Where are you off to? Well, I am ultimately going to Barcelona, but I'm going via Paris. And we're going on the train uh, from the UK, from Ashford, in fact, Oh. And then we're nipping off to Paris for the day and the evening. And then we're getting on a train again, going down to Barcelona and staying there for, I think it's five nights. And it's 21 degrees, apparently, mm. next week. So You've had a look at the, the, the forecast ahead. I've had a look, a look at the forecast. <clears throat> but we're flying back on the 31st of October. Ooh. Which is a... Significant day in the UK. Rather significant day. But let's be honest, probably isn't going to be. But in fact, by the time this is released, all this would have been concluded. In fact, the release date for this podcast is after the 31st of Ah, October. So that will be interesting when people are, well, when our listener is listening to this. Yeah. It all might be very different. Indeed. indeed. Anyway, um, so I guess we should give some explanation as to the choice of topics for this week. Uh, Where should we take this? Well, I suppose we have to go back to our walk up the Danube. Were we walking up or down the Danube? I don't know whether one should... we were walking up the Danube because it was flowing in the other direction from us. Okay, that's good. I think. That helps. Um, And we were just thinking about uh, the competency uh, of leaders and their ability to campaign uh, messages, uh, probably to all stakeholders not just internal because one could kind of think well you know this is just to to rally the troops and Mm. um you know get people behind you but actually you know when you think about it in terms of the messages you need to give to all stakeholders what's your campaign and are they different campaigns or the same campaign and from my perspective um i think there is a consciousness 
at all levels of management that you need to have a campaign. Uh, you don't have to just be the CEO of an organization to have a campaign. That campaign can be the reputation of your team. It can be a project that your team and you are leading. And what we mean by a campaign, I think we can take an awful lot of, of experience from both of us from our radio days in terms of getting messages across. Because ultimately, when you're leading something, you ultimately want the audience that you are communicating to to receive it and act upon what you are communicating. But evidently, time and time again, I've seen in many organisations, in many situations, they aren't persistent enough in the intensity of their campaign. And I guess this week, for me and JB, we wanted to look at good and bad campaigns um, and the things that we think are useful for our listeners to think about if you are looking to drive change or a particular project or a particular vision or something into your organisation, large or small, what does the campaign look like? How do you go about it? And how do you measure whether the campaign has been successful? Um, and I talk about this sounding almost frustrated because I see so many great concepts fail because the campaign hasn't necessarily been as consistent as it should have been. That's my phone going crazy. Well, so that's useful context. And I've got another question, oh. uh, which is not, not what's your campaign, but what is a campaign? So is that a question to me or a rhetorical question to the listener? Well, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm posing it out there I'm putting it in the ether but I'm hoping that you're going to grab it with both hands all right and I'm hoping something might come out of your mouth um well that would be useful I guess for an audio <laughs> recording wouldn't it um all right so from uh, let's kick this off with a with a, a perception from my side a campaign is a, a, a in its truest sense of the form as I believe it to be is a series of communications in written a visual and audio form that gets an audience uh, to understand the message you're trying to communicate. So if I draw back to my radio days, um, there was always the, uh, do you remember this? And JB and me will, will, will laugh with OTH, um, oh, yes. uh, which in, in radio speak, and I don't know, I presume they still use this terminology because I've not worked in the industry for a long time now, opportunities to hear. Um, and when you're talking to an advertiser about their radio campaign, you would be ultimately giving them data based on audience listening figures of how many pairs of ears would hear the advert, but importantly, how many times the advert would need to be heard before it begins to stick in the audience's mind. Now, I'm sure for those of you around the world, radio advertising persistence can pay off. And I think of musical jingles within radio adverts, um, which um, perhaps stick more easily um, in many people's minds because they end up singing along to the adverts. And I've uh, laughed many times when I walked into advertisers years ago where they would say, yeah, it's working because kids are coming in now singing the adverters in the shop. Um, you know, uh, so I think in the truest sense of the word, the campaign for me is a series and it has to be a series, I believe. Uh, of communications in all different shapes and forms to get your message understood and heard in your audiences and in our world, I guess, your direct reports, your teams, your organisations, minds. 
How does that sound? Well, I think that's useful in the context of uh, organisations, but I just to broaden it a little bit and then pull it right back in again, uh, obviously, you, you know, there will be people uh, ultimately who listen to this podcast in, in years to come. Of course. Um, when they hear about it, yep. they'll think, oh my God, that's fantastic. I've yeah. got to have some of that. When do they retire? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so a politician will recognise the word campaign in a different way to the way that you're talking about, perhaps. Um, and I wasn't allowed into the army because my feet were too big and um, I'm probably too bonkers to, to go into the army. But a, a, a military person would probably say, uh, actually, a campaign is a kind of military campaign. And that's something slightly different. OK. I, I'm, so I'm just playing around with the idea of a campaign. What is what is the the common factor that that puts all of these things together? It's a it's basically a, an, an idea, a, a something in sight, something that uh, is different to what we have now. So you know you have people who are having a current experience of a situation, whatever the whatever they come from, whatever they do, they are experiencing. Uh, the world in one way. So the campaign is to take people from that to somewhere else. So so in, in military terms, it would be the campaign is to achieve this result. Uh, in politics, it's uh, the campaign is to get someone elected or whatever it happens to be. In In industry, in business, that campaign is to achieve various things. Either it might be a, a strategic long-term campaign or something that's more tactical, a, a sort of short-term uh, campaign. So when we look at the dictionary definition of the oh, campaign, okay. yeah. um, interestingly, it makes reference to the noun which is a series of military operations intended to achieve a goal, yeah. confined to a particular area or involving a specified type of fighting, so a desert campaign. Um, and the verb definition is work in an organised and active way towards a particular goal. So there is a goal in mind, there is an end destination, um, typically a political or social one, people who campaigned against a particular initiative, environment. Tyranny, yeah. whatever, yeah. And that's from the Oxford Dictionary. Well, that must be right then. Yeah, well, there we go. Podcast time. Thanks. And next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's useful about that, what we've got for a start, is this is this goal, is, this, is the absolute clear mm. objective that we are campaigning for. So let's say it's a launch of a new service that we are offering as a business. This is where I think the listener, hopefully, will be will benefit from our radio background. Yeah, agreed. And and I think that's where we were when we were walking down the Danube. Up. Up the Danube. <laughs> and we were thinking, actually, what, what have we got from our, our collective experience that might be useful for our listener at this point? So, uh, we, we've got this idea of a communication, and perhaps many, we don't know, mm. that uh, encourages, inspires someone to go and change their behaviour, 
their attitude, their desire from being in one place and going to another, if that makes any sense. It does. So, so, so we are in the business here with what's your campaign of thinking that it's deciding what, what is the specific goal that we want to achieve uh, tactically or strategically and how do I, how do we change behaviour, attitudes, the things that we do around here to get to that place? How do we inspire that? And I, th I think we can complement that from the radio pieces, which typically, if we thought about the goal of the advertising campaign in mind, or even a single campaign of adverts, it would be as a result of listening to this advert, what would we want the listener to think? What would we want them to feel? And a call to action, what do we want them to do? Um, and back in the day, was it ring them up? Was it to walk into their store? Was it to visit their website? Um, this was, I mean, I left radio before social media came about. But ultimately, there needs to be some sort of call to action, I would assume, to ensure that the advertiser or you as the campaigner are driving people towards that goal. Now, you could also say, and in radio, we used to have what was called a stimulative campaign versus a call to action campaign. If you are trying to raise awareness of something, that's one thing. If you're asking people to physically do something as a result of it, then that's different. Because repetition builds reputation, as I was told by many of my uh, sales leaders in radio before I became a leader myself. And that would be a nice description to talk to your advertisers about. You know, the goal is, if you look at, you know, do you want to build awareness of your brand? which is generally a drip feed of inquiries throughout the year, or are you looking for people now the brand is established to give them a reason to call you now, your golden nugget, as opposed to in three months' time? You know, where are they in the buying cycle? Are they thinking about it for the future? My vacuum cleaner, I can't use Dyson or Hoover for fear of upsetting Bosch or somebody else that might manufacture them. But then at some point, once I know the reputation of that particular brand is great, and all of a sudden my machine breaks, I'm going to know who to call. Alternatively, I might say, actually, there's a reason why even though your vacuum cleaner is working fine now, you need to come into my store today and buy one. But of course, in business land, I guess from my perspective, where that's concerned is if I'm looking to land a new service for the clients or maybe an internal service for the business, such as, I don't know, people to sign up for a conference that we are holding and to make sure that the dates are uh, in the calendar well in advance, um, the campaign needs to drive a call to action. There is an important event that's happening. This event is going to achieve this goal, but the call to action right now is, is X, Y, and Z. And where I see so many people in businesses that I work in currently as well as previously is that they presume one take or one opportunity to see or hear is all they need and the job should be done. And then they are retrospectively then thinking, we, we need to do more, we need to do more. But then they feel that they're almost being um, annoying or, or, or over-campaigning. Well, so at the risk of our podcast exploding at this point, I'm, I'm going to put in a, a controversial point. Oh, that's going to certainly blow it up then. And, I, and I, so I'm thinking about uh, <clears throat> Extinction Rebellion and... I'm just picking up on what you've just said there about their campaign 
What what is their campaign and in your mind? Um, to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, to reduce carbon usage. Um, but the rebellion, you could say, in some people's minds listening to this podcast that are aware of their their work, they're actually not looking for anything other than causing disruption to anybody that opposes their views. So they're quite disruptive. But that depends on your perception. And I'm being very careful not to give away my opinion um, of this. So I, it's unfair of me, really, to throw it up. But I think it's quite interesting, picking up on your point about being disruptive, uh, to what extent is a leader prepared to grab their unfair share uh, of attention uh, for their point, for their plan? Are they prepared to push that to a point where it becomes uncomfortable? And our radio background tells us, and we were talking about this <laughs> up, again. up down the Danube, yeah. was that... Uh, when it becomes uncomfortable and you start getting complaints, which is, would you please take that off? Will you stop doing that? That is the point that you know it's working. Couldn't agree more. And and I, so I'm raising it because Extinction Rebellion is a massive great campaign right now. Has that campaign started reaching that point? So there are two examples I draw upon, and I'm going to use a political example, Oof. and I'm going to use a Oof. workplace example. Okay. Now, in the UK, which I know may uh, limit some of our listeners, but um, hopefully hear me out. Um, and we can't afford to lose any. No. Well, the, don't, what, don't. all three of them. Yeah. Um, so in the UK, um, in 2017, I believe it was, there was a general election um, because there was the Brexit um, decision had been made by the electorate from the referendum and uh, the Prime Minister at the time decided to have a general election because everyone said that she had arrived unelected and she needed to hold a general election and actually she was riding high in the polls at the point of calling the general election. It would have seemed a foregone conclusion because there was already a majority and it would increase her chance of a majority. Now whether you like or hate the opposition party um, which is called the Labour Party in the UK, uh, led by a, a gentleman called Jeremy Corden. And again, I'm going to be very careful about giving away my position on this. Um, but what actually happened was, through the campaign that they held, um, they managed to uh, reduce the majority that the, the Conservative government had to become a minority government as a result of their campaign. Now, I wrote a piece on this um, for a... Um, diploma that I was um, studying for at the time and actually I gave an example of strong leadership and I think I sent you the piece to review actually about how effective their campaign was because his goal was Jeremy Corbyn's was an alternative view of the world in it being a utopia if you will now in the end he still didn't win but he certainly eroded um, and now, of course, their goal was to win the general election. In reality, they didn't. But you could argue that that was a successful campaign at eroding the control of the, the holding government. So there's my political example. Mm. But the campaign was good. It had a goal. It was not... It, some people will say that goal was unrealistic, but the campaign drove it. And I think this links to my point of view of that actually, in business sense... Sometimes we hold back from campaigning until we have the perfect vision, which is true and fully road tested. And I think sometimes that can paralyze us from even starting a campaign. 
So in my workplace, we were aware that we needed to get traction for um, my function um, very quickly. And there were many in the business that said, you're launching it too soon, you're launching it too soon. And I remain relatively resolute that um, we get out there now with what we have and we begin to build the brand through a campaign from the beginning. It is certainly not the utopia that we hope it to be. But if we wait for the the perfect position, it will be too late. We've missed the opportunity. But I think sometimes in, in business land, um, people are too hesitant about campaigning something until they believe it's completely perfect. Um, and therefore, I guess the message I'm trying to get to here is that the campaign in a in a in all these senses, the persistence and the vision needs to be good, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, the goal has to be there, um, but I think the campaign can be built as you're going along, or as my old boss used to say to me, let's build the plane mid-flight. So I occasionally we credit people on our podcast oh god it's always a risky it is. thing to do it means we're useless um but um i had the um pleasure of working with a guy called dirk anthony at gcat media oh dirk well it, he may well listen to this podcast so i was hi dirk he cut me up once because he had a bigger car than me and he was group program director and i was a mere account manager at the time well let's be so he was more successful um <laughs> at, at the time and so you know uh but I, I, I credit him with many, many cool things that he did uh, in his time. And one of them was to help me to understand the value of absolute focus. And so I, I, I want to use this example of, and you might remember this, I'm not sure, but no rap, less chat, better music mix. Yes. Okay. Now this That's when I got very annoyed because Coolio featuring LV Gangsters Paradise, they didn't do the Coolio version, they did the LV version, which was only the melody. But it's a it's a it's a fantastic example of a well researched campaign. That involved a great deal of uh, research of the audience and to find out what they liked and what they didn't like. Never asked me. And but you weren't the audience, and that's probably quite an interesting point in itself. And that was controversial within the stations uh, where we ran No Rap Less Chat, the Better Music Mix. We knew from our listeners. I've got lots of radio friends who'll be listening to this now saying, Ah, you're one of those GWR execs. Well, so they're probably not listening yet, but this will probably put them off. I don't know. But uh, we we chose uh, as a as a company uh, to go with this slogan no rap less chat better music mix which is a an example of it was a, cut the rap i thought at our station they called it we've cut the rap as in they dropped the c well where where were you in the country at the time <clears throat> i was in uh, the home counties i was in the chilton b97 well chilton, that I says everything area. you need to know oh um so i, I was in bristol Oh, you see, so, country. so we, we had no rap, <laughs> less chat, better music mix. Very clear, very clean, uh, very simple message for people to understand. What impact did that campaign have on our audience? I'm presuming you're going to tell me now how it tripled it overnight using a very outdated 
research system, which I believe is is tomorrow, is the latest survey data, incidentally. Well, no, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Rajar oh. that we used I wasn't at that time. It was internal research, uh, funnily oh. enough, which was again uh, was a, a creation of, of Dirks, and actually uh, it, it was superb. It actually gave us all the data that we needed. Is that in um, Bristol? That was in the Bristol office. It was it? in the Bristol office. And uh, no rap, less chat, better music mix was a was a fabulous campaign. However, internally, uh, it it was actually really hard because living to that promise, delivering on that promise, made it very difficult for some people, particularly the younger people in those stations. Well, I like rap. Uh, I didn't and, like and, rap, but I one thing that frustrated me about, and I, I guess we're going slightly off piste here. Is that there was what the, when it's a number one song in the country, when it's number one song in the country, and it was number one in 1995, to run that concurrently with that campaign, and that, it had a little bit of rap in it. It wasn't, and it was a soundtrack to a film at the time. I think that they were they cut the rap too deep, because other data such as sales figures told them that the biggest selling single in the country they weren't going to play because they cut the rap. Anyway. So this is this is the the whole point, isn't it? This is about positioning. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm playing by the way. Position, sure. Positioning in the mind. Uh, we were the stations uh, that didn't play rap. Uh, we we didn't do loads of chat like the other stations. So Speaking we differentiated ourselves, uh, and we played the better music mix, and that was a very clear, very focused campaign. And there were points where people got fed up with it and where was where was that coming from i was on air at the time do you know where that where people got fed up with it um the repetition of every link having um, <laughs> part of today's better music mix so it was from in the 80s 90s and today then got added after a while i think right and then so, over time they got changed to today's best mix I well believe. that's an evolution isn't it mm. of, a, of a campaign message so uh the the point of all of this is and it and it and it's basically how do you narrow your focus and own an idea in in your in your prospects mind in your uh, clients mind in your people's mind uh, in your employees mind how do you narrow the focus and own an idea in the mind of you this sounds spooky doesn't it no it doesn't i think this is where we're getting to it okay so but the it's, it, 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 and, and if the listener decides this is too sinister and actually stops listening to the podcast I, I'll just say, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Ant and I will just carry on without you, mm-hmm. um, because this is this is this is a truth. And I think in the mind of most leaders, they need to have a reputation that they campaign. What do they want to be famous for in this business? What do they want to be famous for for achieving? And what do they want their alternative of today's better music mix to be? That is, oh God, every time he comes into the office, he talks about this. You know, is it the purpose? Is it the values? Um, is it um, the fact that you know? So my team know that one of my visions at the minute is is the number of enrolments, the number of hours we deliver of training to the business. And that's a a, a goal, but actually visualizing it and making it, turning it into a vision is is a separate thing in itself. That no rap less chat, uh, better music campaign had one focus and one focus in mind. Wasn't that twenty nine year old Emma? Well, it was 20, as I remember it, and Dirk, if you're listening to this, I hope I'm right on this. 
Uh, but I'm going to tweet at him. Oh, don't. Uh, it's 25 to 34-year-old women uh, that we were mm. targeting. With what was this it Sarah? Message. I'm sure my, we, we used to have a, a, a profile of who is our typical listener in the studio in a, in a punched pocket. And I'm sure it was either Sarah or Emma. She's 29, 2.3 children. Perhaps that should be our our target audience and for these podcasts. What? <laughs> not, not leaders. Tune out. <laughs> So uh, it was 25, 34 year old women. I, I put a fiver on the table on that one. Okay. And so we we're very clear about the, the target for, for these messages. And uh, the, the, the whole thing was about making sure that we increased the reach and hours uh, of that listening group, the reach and hours. So the, the reach is how many of them actually listen at any given time and the hours of their listening. This had uh, a, a totally tangible link to how much money the radio stations would make. So I, I think that's a very easy thing to explain to employees, to a target group of employees, that this is why we're doing this. This this idea of no rap, less chat, the better music mix, it is designed to make more money, and that's that was the truth. It mm. wasn't just a nice thing, nice bit of branding, nice cuddly thing to do. Uh, it was actually a business, very serious business case to do that. And I think that's super duper for our listeners that are at that senior level of leadership. But what is a campaign of a line manager who sees themselves as less directly connected to that revenue thing? Because you're right, ultimately, most businesses, apart from public sector businesses, are here to produce profit for shareholders um, and clearly an income for their employees and, and, and so on, and an interesting place to work. But as a first line manager listening to this podcast, how do we translate that campaign into a meaningful vision for them to trade on their reputation to their people and drive their behaviours towards this campaign vision or goal. Is this where we need the jingle that says, let's get, get practical. practical? Let's get practical. I should download a soundboard on my phone so we can play this type of... I, you, bear my, with. Well, you, okay. Well, one of my daughters is an opera singer. She could sing a let's get practical jingle. Okay. Um, which would be quite interesting. You would. Um, I could get my banjo out and, Sorry. and actually play it uh, to play that into a nice little jingle sound. I don't know. Um, perhaps not. Um, the point uh, of this whole thing about what's your campaign is to encourage this idea of narrowing the focus of your message to own a an idea a concept in your target's mind that's step number one so it's about the mind it's about what you want to leave in the mind of your audience one simple idea that brings meaning and connection to that person that will inspire them to change behavior to move, to shift, to do different things than they would have done normally. Away from the current experience, 
towards the future experience that they they would like. So you mentioned Anne, earlier the the think feel do as a as quite a nice pulling of that together. That's my sound effect for you. Love it. What do you what do you want that audience to think, feel, do as a as a result of the focus of your message? That that's I think that's quite a useful starting point on our Batman belt this evening. Oh, we're back on Batman belts, are we? Well, I think it's quite a good focus for our let's get practical belt. Hold on. There's our... Does that tell us that we're now going into get let's, practical. let's get practical? Or we have this one. I this like one. that one. Let's <laughs> go. There you go. I think we've just lost our listener. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Bye, Christabel. Um, okay, so just keeping it, uh, keeping it practical, uh, narrowing the focus, and owning an idea or concept in the mind of your target audience, and let's let's work this towards the employee audience because we we you know I mean we could we could talk about all the stakeholders. Um, if we start from the employee perspective, let's see where that goes in terms of other stakeholders in an organization. So as a filter, uh, this uh, narrowing of focus, uh, m making sure that we're clear about what we want to put in the mind of that audience. And literally, what is the word, the concept, the idea that you you want them to take away that makes them think differently feel differently or that they're inspired to do things differently what is what is that concept what is that thing that you want to put in their mind because what i notice a lot in organizations is that the clarity of that whole thing that i just set up mm. it's never there it's it's just not there. Uh, that 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 is the message, let alone the the medium, let alone the delivery of it. What is what is the one thing that you want to put into the mind of your employee? What is that one thing? That focus, and sacrificing other stuff to to get that absolute focus. Because in radio, we remember in the commercial part of the business was that advertisers wanted to be able to say so much stuff mm. in a 30 second commercial, yep. which muddied it completely and everyone left completely confused. We used to take table tennis balls to client meetings and say, if this is one message from your advert, you throw one t table tennis ball and they're likely to catch it. Then in your other hand, you had four. You threw them at them and they probably dropped all of them. So it was kind of a proof in point that you're like more likely to capture the message, the vision, the concept with a single thing as opposed to multiple things. You can divvy them up over a period of time, have a campaign followed by a second campaign and a third and a fourth to do each of those things. But I agree with you. So it's, it, there's, there's quite a, a courageous, strong position that a leader needs to take 
because everyone owns one of those balls. Every everyone owns a reason to say we're local. Uh, we're family business. Uh, we are the best. We are one team. All of these, yeah, all of these messages that you're going to get a whole load of people with all of these different, we need to say this, we need to say that, we need to say the other. It's the brave leader who says, no. We, we, we need to think about what is the concept, the idea, even the word that we need to leave in our people's minds. Because if we give them that, if we give them that, then we are giving them something that they can take to other employees, that they can take home, that they can take to customers, that they can take anywhere. This is my company. This is the one thing that we're doing right now that actually makes sense to me. So what, what does that mean? That means we have to know our audience. We, we, we actually have to view uh, that knowing as actually research of our employees. What, what, is it, what is it the one thing that we need to get out to them, the equivalent of the no rap, the less chat, to cut through and speak to them and bring meaning uh, to the campaign that we haven't launched yet, so that's that's part one, isn't it? I mean, hopefully that that in the Batman belt has got a few things that might be quite useful. Yeah, and I think then to link back to what I was referring to earlier, it's repetition, 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 um, and actually how you encompass that message in all of your different methods of communication, whether it's on an email signature so people get it, even if it's the end of a WhatsApp message is part of all your messages to your team. You know, it always signs off with, you know, the <laughs> the overlord of, uh, the owner of this, uh, you know, and, and almost become, uh, almost, uh, um, uh, you know, you, you can play on it as, a, as part of your brand. Um, on your team calls, um, on um, everything that you do, on town halls, wider communication outside your team to peer teams, uh, to seniors uh, and so on, that they know up, down, left, right, this is what your brand is and your purpose and goal is. So picking up on that point, um, you know, move, moving it more towards the, the how many times you say it, from the what you say, what you say times how many times you say it, as a, as a credit to an American trainer called Gif Gifford. Oh God, yeah. Um, which is, what you say times how many times you say it is 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 a little catchy thing in its own right actually but it's i've never it's never left my head mm. the moment you get that it's like an earworm it's kind of like oh blimey right okay so what you say times how many times you say it is is actually where kind of radio actually has huge effect uh and so the what the what you say part of it is uh, really, really focusing in on the message and then uh, being clear about how many times you actually need to say it, in what format, 
you know, we, we, in organizations now, there are so many different ways to get things uh, communicated. I mean, you go into any loo, toilet, lavatory, whichever, whatever you Restroom, want. Restroom, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's often, there's often something, we've seen a few interesting ones in our time, haven't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you, you know. <laughs> I know which office you're on about. <laughs> so from, from that to the notice board, to the email, to the WhatsApp groups, to these are these are all modern day communications tools for the leader to 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 do the how many times you say it that there is a view I think about uh, with with some leaders that you know one town hall and a couple of emails that'll do it mm. that's good enough. No. So you mentioned OTH and yep. earlier. What was the OTH? the opportunity to hear minimum uh, that that cut through it in your day. Six. Six back was, in my day. Yeah. And that, that was actually a you know quite a high number mm. of of commercials, wasn't it? Yeah. To to get to six you typically had to have a thirteen week campaign with thirty five, forty commu- uh, adverts a week to get to that point. And this is the point, I think, you know, we have to recognise that there is going to be message bounce. Um, let's call it message bounce. It's one I've just plucked out of thin air. But just because like you are sending an email to an audience, let's assume only 15% of that audience read it. In your team calls, the, the bounce rate is far lower because they're probably engaged with you through that communication. The town hall is even lower still. Um, we used to call it ad avoidance, I believe, in radio. Um, and actually radio had a much lower ad avoidance because people would always be driving whilst listening to the radio, whereas with television you might channel hop or go and make a cup of tea, for example. So ad avoidance was higher there. But think about your campaign, uh, think about the message you want to cascade and be aware that in order for your audience to hear that message six times, that doesn't mean six pieces of communication. That could be 40 pieces of communication in different ways to ensure that that six listens or visions or seeing or reading or consuming or doing has been consumed to get to that point. So uh, just thinking about the Batman belt uh, and that's useful. You know Nathan's going to start charging us in. I'm sure he will. So the the Batman belt uh, will be... um, You've been protective of that wine. Oh, sorry. Thanks. I wondered what you were looking at me in such. A Wasn't staring way. at your leg for any other reason. Okay, um, so let's let's get practical again. Let's keep oh, trying to to get this practical. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Excuse okay. me, listener. One we're second. just going to get the jingle. There we are. Uh, that's us getting practical. <laughs> God, as good as it gets. Right. Number one, narrow your focus towards owning an idea or concept in your employee's mind. And I know it sounds pretty ruthless, but actually when you think about it in those terms, I need I need to to, to take some land in my in my employee's mind. I need them to be able to get this uh, because I need them to be able to communicate this to everyone else. Because that is a fantastic medium for the company message. So we need to focus on that, narrowing the focus and owning uh, an idea or concept in the employee's mind. 
so that they can then distribute from then on. The campaign begins. Uh, it, it's about what you say uh, in that context. Mm -hmm. What you say uh, focused around the mind of the, the, the audience, which is the employee in this case. How you say it, how you say it, uh, which deals with the distribution. Mm -hmm. That So the, the employee themselves becomes a medium in its own right because they will distribute the message to everyone else. Yeah. That that we never underestimate. You know, the, the, the that becomes, you know, the medium becomes the message, the message becomes the medium. Um, and how do you how do you use LinkedIn? How do you use WhatsApp? How do you use uh, all the vehicles, town halls, chats, corridor conversations? How do you do all of that? How you say it? Um, and then finally, uh, how many times? What's the frequency? What's the frequency of that? Because doing it in a week, doing it in one little go, in one month, mm. with a big tour, and nice, colourful advertising material and lovely stuff, and it's all cool, and it's all interesting, and it's all up on the notice board, and we've shoved it in the toilet. Uh, fab, <laughs> fab. But how do you sustain it? Because that's when these things die. Yep. And the message isn't carried. Yeah, and you and I have seen examples of where perhaps the hit rate on a particular web page as a result of a campaign is great on day one. By day three, it's empty. Yeah, um, and therefore, there is a persistence required. Um, I think, um, you know, and, and ironically, in the sales world, I'm sure once upon a time I read a post that suggested that you need to cold call a prospect 10 times before giving up. Because, you know, the, the first five or six times they just bat you aside and it takes that campaign to, to get to cut, cut through, get through to the decision maker and also be heard. I've got I've got some more. Let's get practical. Have you got there? One second. Do you want the same sound effect or a new one? I know. I love that. It's great. I okay. think we should use it every time. There we are. <coughs> um, that's worth every penny. That's almost put me off what I was about to say. Uh, when I hoped I was going to be. How long is this one going to go on for? That's what? that's that was massively helpful. Um, so, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is I wanted to mention to our listener a, a wonderful little book, and it's not related to internal employee communications, but it kind of is. Uh, it's a it's a fabulous thing, and it's if you could read it. Um, one evening and it's called uh, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Reese and Jack Trout and I think you can still get it uh, at Amazon and other retailers and other online uh, places you can buy these things uh, but Al Reese and Jack Trout uh, created this fan fantastic book and it's got the law of uh, focused the law of being first, the law of category, as I remember it, it's quite a cool little book. Perception, uh, focus, exclusivity, yeah, ladder, the, du duality. Yeah, there's a whole load of things which we won't go into in this podcast. Uh, but the point I wanted to raise was the law of sacrifice. And the law of sacrifice is the antidote to packing loads of stuff which is always the temptation 
by the leader to pack loads of information because they feel they need to. Because there's loads of people who say, you have to say this, you have to say that, you have to say all these things. Don't succumb to that. Mm. Tell them about the law of sacrifice. The law of sacrifice is that if I don't, I cannot narrow the focus and own that position to create that position in in the, in the mind of my target. So that that's my first point. I wanted to pick out of the 22 mutable laws, that law of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very important one. The second point that I just wanted to raise for the Batman belt, along with the other, hopefully, other practical tools that I we've sense provided. Our campaign is around this blinking Batman belt now. People are going to know us. I don't mind, that, actually. On that Batman belt. I'd always wanted campaign. to be like Batman when I was younger. My Robin, then. Here is the chance. Um, anyway, so the, my my second point, and and then I am going to to I'm exhausted with my practical takeaways. I think yeah. um, is the key messages. This is a this is a good opportunity. I think for for the leader to get together other leaders and to brainstorm. Uh, without without stopping just to be obsessive about what are the key messages that we need our people to be armed with at every level to support this idea this concept this thing that we need to get out now whether it's the long-term thing the short-term medium whatever it is I need to get assemble my leaders to work with me to build our key messages. Don't make it a list of 20. Make it a list of no more than five things. No more than five key messages. Ideally, no more than three, but that's tough. So five key messages that lead to great stories that people can tell, um, great ideas, great true life things that have happened in the business that support the big idea for your campaign combine all of that and i think uh, there's a fair chance you'll know what your campaign is and i think as a result of all of that what we would recommend that all leaders listening to this podcast do is have a end state and timeline in mind to measure the success of your campaign to then review as to what you need to do differently if you were to repeat that campaign in the future with a different audience. And what I mean by that is have a target in mind as to the number of enrollments or things to your particular campaign, um, or indeed you set a limit to when you expect this message to, to land in the mind of your people. I know that by this date I'm going to get in a lift and people are going to say, hey JV, it's all about less rap and today's better music mix. Which, as you pointed out, which is my final, very, very final point, uh, is be prepared to adapt. Be prepared to change it. Mm. And it does go back to the earlier point. Get it, get going. Start doing it. Start making it happen. Um, and if you need to tweak it, tweak it. Don't, don't hold back. The beauty is of starting, by the way, and this is where I guess I was going with this um, building is the, fl- the, the plane's mid-flight, is you can start campaigning that a message is coming before it's communicated mm-hmm. you know get ready for this two two weeks time i want to come to you with some really interesting news stand by 
Um, and that that's what I mean by that. Don't, I'm not necessarily meaning that you, you, you reveal a half-baked cake, so to speak, but, but there we go. So um, with the, um, the, the requirement by JB for us to try and get onto the questions within the hour, so that therefore if we do overrun, that's on our questions, but we are at our 52-minute mark oh. once again. Um, it is time for listeners' questions. We need it. I guess do we need it? Do we need a new jingle for that? One second. I think we could probably get some more sophisticated jingles. We could. We could. Should we have a whip round? Oh, is that you or the the? So now onto our listeners' questions. Uh, JB, we, we need to work on the jingles. I think you're right. I think you're right. But one, let's get a bigger budget. Yeah. Um, so first question: What recommendations would you give for a newly appointed leader who does not have enough confidence in themselves? although their superior has faith in them? Well, they've got, a, they've got a, a, a fantastic opportunity if the leader has faith in them already uh, to uh, go and fill their boots uh, with learning, uh, training, and to, if the leader is up for it, uh, their leader, go off and network, go off and find other things that are supportive to their role um, that they can bring back and enhance their role with. You know, it, it, the whole focus for this person, mm-hmm. which I, I love their note actually. Nice handwriting, um, very pretty. Wow, so if, if it seems to me there's a real opportunity here if their leader is supportive of them, it is about learning and it's about performing and it's about enjoying that whole thing and if the if they want to go and put a proposition to their boss and say right i want to learn i want to perform and if i get those two right i'll enjoy this i'll enjoy this journey what does that mean to the boss that means they're going to keep this person for longer they're going to retain this talent um, and they're not going to leave and and so for, for the, the message for this person is go back to their boss and say, I want to learn. I want to be trained. I want to uh, be put in situations where I can challenge myself. I need your support. Uh, I'm up for in massively improving my performance as a result of these things. And actually, it is important to me to enjoy the journey at the same time. So that would be my message to this person. So I'm going to come at it from a slightly different angle. Um, I'm going to presume that the manager has confidence in them, but this person doesn't have the confidence yet to ask for help and is looking for our ideas on things they can do in the meantime to build their confidence, perhaps. And there are two routes uh, uh, to this message. Route one is you are newly promoted and you are now managing your previous peer group, which I recognise is a challenge for many listeners who might be new in leadership positions you've all of a sudden become the successor um, for being a high potential individual in your team. Route two is going to be from the perspective of you are brand new in post, you've never been a manager before, but you're a new manager in a new team that have not got a reputation of yours to be aware of. So first of all, um, let's go with that one first, then we'll go with the, the, the one secondly. But I think that the answers are connected. You have a unique opportunity, and the thing I would do to build your confidence is to have one-to-ones with all of your new team to actually know, focus and value them, understand what it is you need to know about them, um, uh, listen to them 
objectively about the frustrations they may have and also the biggest opportunities they think that you have as a as a team member within your team and if they could change one thing what would it be um, and I think what you'll find is if you're having those conversations people all of a sudden think wow this person is is willing to listen now that doesn't mean by the way that you commit to changing all the things that they're going to do but actually it does mean that you're in a listening mode which gives you time to kind of find your feet within your team but everything that JB has said I totally agree with too I think um, there is a risk, and there is another question in a minute coming our way related to this. There is a risk of being promoted without any skills of leading, managing, or coaching people that the reputation for you will be on your legacy as a subject matter expert. And a manager, leader, coach of subject matter experts, where you used to be a subject matter expert yourself, is only 10% of the job. Being the subject matter expert is 10% now. 90% of the job is actually leading, managing and coaching your people, not being the subject matter expert, which is a bitter pill to swallow. Um, so I guess where the confidence lacks, I would assume it's not necessarily in the subject matter expertise. It could be in the other areas. Interesting. What's the next question? The next question, I'm turning to my notebook now because I made a note of this one. Um, day one. And I'm a new leader. I've got no training. What three tips would you give me? <laughs> so it's kind of linked to the previous one, really. Gosh. I'm going to LinkedIn for the next question. Uh, I think the, the, the starting point uh, would be to focus on building a high trust team. The, this, the starting point must always be how the heck do I build uh, trust? Because a high trust team leads to a high performance team. And I think that's about what conversations must I have. So the focus is building a high trust team, uh, working out how to have comfort I don't know how big these teams might be for these indiv this particular individual but no. um, what conversations must I have to to ascertain the, the type of frequency the quality and the impact of the conversations that I need with that team uh, to then that's one thing and then to focus on the, the three-legged stool and the three-legged stool is how I turn up as a leader, how I turn up as a coach, and how I turn up as a manager. Uh, that is that is the next iteration. I, I need I need to be ready to to see myself as a leader, to see myself as a coach, and to see myself as a manager. What what does that actually look like? Um, and you know, then I, I I think the third thing is to get all the the support that you need. Uh, for you to deliver those things and that is to assemble around you your team your team and your team JB and actually really know who your team is and actually let those other people perhaps know that they are your team and, and do a deal with them I need you to be part of my team so your team and your team JB your team whoever mm. who who's my team and I think that would be uh, my advice to this person get your team sorted out get your conversation 
mix right according to lead managing coach and uh, you know kind of really think about how do I build a high performance team a high trust team I think those those three tips are are pretty useful um, for most people listening I guess the important thing is is you've got to remember in the mind of your direct reports that have got this new manager they are probably feeling as uncertain and apprehensive and anxious as you may well be um, especially if you are seen as a replacement to an underperforming uh, predecessor or that person has resigned to go into bigger and better things and therefore you're leaving their le- you've got to replace their legacy it's it's a difficult time so I would say absolutely make people feel that they can get to know you um, in a genuine way yeah. Yeah. so this is a so that was by the way that was from Spain that question an anonymous the first question was from Venice this one's from London oh Batilla named Um, How do you transition realistically from being a taskmaster manager to a leader? Well, I've I've started answering both the the, the last two. So I think this is your opportunity to go straight into answering that question, Andy. Um, I think managers tend to spend a majority of their time instructing others. Um, hang on a minute, our screen's locked. So let me just check we're still recording. Otherwise, that would be very frustrating, wouldn't it? One second. There we are, we're still recording. Um, so typical managers, I think their default position is to instruct. Um, and actually, the, 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 the first thing I would do is, is utilise the wonderful thing we talked about in last week or the week before's podcast on the skill wheel matrix. And identify people in your team that do no longer need instruction. And they're the ones where you're going to have the biggest impact to be a much better mentor and coach to those people. And that will demonstrate your leadership quality, empowering other people to think for themselves through your style. You're empowering of them, giving them projects, giving them tasks, trusting in their knowledge and expertise to think for themselves and to be seen as a senior person or a knowledge expert within your team. Secondly, around the leader piece, I guess, specifically, it is actually what we've talked about on this podcast. It's identifying a vision within your vision and creating a campaign around your vision. Just because your company has a vision does not mean you don't need one. My team are a function, an internal facing function of a big legal accounting and tax firm. Um, Clearly, the purpose and vision of my team is clearly connected to the overall purpose of our business. But we and my team deserve their own purpose and vision. And I think that simply having objectives that feed into the overall organisation agenda is not enough. And, you know, measuring those objectives through performance conversations. I think it is critical that you make people excited about where you see them and the importance of every one of them in the role. And I remember a, a, a manager who I had early on in my radio career who used to make it an important point in every meeting to talk about the value each one of us brought um, to the overall vision of the business. It was radio again. Uh, and actually the importance of organising all the music and playlists and getting them printed in time had a massive importance uh, to the listener. So I think there is a there's a shift of mindset here. One is 
with your best people, stop instructing them, stop telling them how to ride the bike when they know how to ride the bike. And actually the truth is, the fact they're asking you how to ride the bike again suggests that they think that they need to seek your approval every time they get on the bike. Secondly, have a vision. Have a vision of your vision of the company. What is your people's why? What is their purpose? Why should they bother turning up to work every day? So I agree with all of that. So I'm going to just add another perspective, which is um, don't lose your sight in the fog of war. In other words, don't don't lose yourself in, in the tactics and the tasks uh, too, too soon because you, you will get lost in the fog of war. Your, your job uh, is to remain uh, self-aware, aware of others, aware of your team, uh, and aware of the situation that you are in. Raise yourself above the fog of war, uh, because if you don't, you will end up getting caught up in the day-to-day -day tasks. And, and that is where you will stay if you end up doing that. Very deep. We have time for one more question or should that, we? That was my own personal experience many, many years ago, getting caught in the fog of war and losing my sight. Okay. Should we, should we end that there or should we? Well, that wasn't, that wasn't anything to do with the Batman belt. That was a conceptual idea brought to you in association with Trimodus Limited. Available at all good outlets. Um, I think we should we should end that though. We should keep the, the remaining question for next week because we're at an hour-ish now and that will make you feel very warm and fuzzy. It, it makes me feel very good. Um, and uh, we would ordinarily at this point talk about what we're doing next week but we've already covered that in episode 3 and I just realised by the way whilst you were talking that we've been going on at the beginning about this being episode 3 this is in fact episode 4 you're kidding we did episode 3 yesterday we're having so much fun we can't remember yes which episode we're on shizzle my nizzle but I bet you our listener knows well I'm sure they're right into us and that's what we need you to do as part of our campaign to make this as interactive as possible we would love to have as many questions as possible and actually the truth is the more questions you give us the more time you may give to the Q&A as opposed to the theme of topic that the said the other thing about the questions is it makes us think about the topics for the future it does it does and, and arguably there are plenty of great topics coming up as a result of some of the questions so you can send your questions to us via twitter on uh, lead learn pod is our twitter handle you can find jonathan bradley or anthony price on linkedin um, we look beautiful um so it can't be that difficult to find um, and of course please do leave us a review on your various podcast provider if you like us please give us five star and a beautiful comment there has been a lovely comment which jb found the other day which is very moving thank you for that um, thanks, Mum. Um, <laughs> um, and um, if you can leave us a review, that would be great. If you want us to improve, send us a note. <laughs> Don't give us a one-star review. Tell us how we can improve so that we can aspire to have your five-star review. Lovely. I'm Jonathan Bradley, and I always will be. And I'm Anthony Price, and continue to be as part of the Global Leadership Podcast. Podcast.